and welcome to IBM Biweekly, a podcast focused on the technical aspects of the IBM I operating system and the community surrounding it. My name is Josh, and with me is co-host Liam. Today is the 22nd of April, 2019, and we have Episode 5, IBM I Hardware and the System Administration in store for you. The episode topic today will be uh, speaking with Steve Pitcher. Uh, we'll cover hardware and system administration. Pretty straightforward. With that, we can jump into the sponsorship spotlight. All right. Well, we'd like to thank our sponsor, the Omni User Group uh, in Chicago at omniuser.org. Omni meets every third Tuesday in the Chicago area, and you can check the website for their upcoming speakers and dinner meetings. Again, that's omniuser.org, O-M-N-I, user.org. Awesome. Uh, Not much news. Really, all all we have is what Steve Pitcher told us about, which is... uh, He's going to have a, what's the title? I guess Rapid Fire Admin is the title. Yep. Uh, it's 150 admin tips in 50 minutes. Uh, he's going to tease about that in the episode too. That's going to be April 24th of this month. So uh, actually, when's this? This is released. So it's like three days after this podcast. Yep. So make sure you uh, get out there and watch it. Definitely. guess with that, we can jump into the discussion. Yes. Hi, welcome to the show, Steve. You work at iTech Solutions Group. Uh, while avoiding marketing shout out and everything, can you just inform us of what iTech Solutions does and uh, what you do at iTech Solutions? Uh, well, we do. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try to get my marketing hat off um, as best I can. Uh, what we do is uh, primarily IBM I administration. Um, we do a lot of OS upgrades. Um, last year, we did about four hundred actually. And we've got uh, what six techs total, I think. And uh, so we, we, you know, we were all busy trying to get people off seven one and up to seven three for the most part. Um, we do a lot of hardware uh, upgrades as well. And uh, you know, for the last last few months, you know, uh, it's been kind of raining power nines, which is uh, it's good. People are are moving to uh, to newer iron, and that's always good to see. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of iTech in a very very much boiled down um, description, I suppose. Okay, and what do you do there? Well, um, I kind of had a, a hybrid role. I um, I'm based in Canada. I'm the uh, only Canadian at iTech, so um, I, I kind of trudge around the countryside here, going from uh, you know shop to shop, doing sales work. Um, and I do technical work as well. So I uh, like to think 50-50. It seems like 70-70 most days. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's good fun. You know, you get to uh, do some sales stuff, and, and then you get to get on the system and, you know, uh, slip the lick for somebody and, and, you know, bring them up eight years in PTFs. Um, <laughs> that's always real fun. All right. So you said sales. Uh, but you've also said technical. So, what is your true background, and what uh, what what is your true background, and where does IBMI come into that? True background. Um, well, I, I guess uh, I spent about seventeen years in manufacturing, doing everything from uh, you know RPG programming to Domino development. Um, you know, I, I've oh, had just about yeah. every job you can think of, from you know entry level programmer to IT director and everything in between. So um, I'm trained as an RPG programmer. I went to college for a couple of years and uh, did a program. Um, 
in RPG three, <laughs> which really, really, really helped me out in the in the real world. Um, yeah, more than I'd like to admit, actually, it's uh, the first shop I ever went to work for. I had a ton of older code, and um, I was learning freeform at the time, and and managed to kind of school myself and and bring some of the uh, the older programs new uh, in, into a, you know a readable format. You know, lowercase is really friendly. They don't tell you that in college. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of my background, I suppose. Um, where does IBM fit in now, or IBM fit in IBM I fit in with that? Um, I suppose I, I work on it every day. I have for close to twenty years now, and um, I just love it. It's a fantastic operating system, and you know it's it's been really good to me, and I try to be as good to it as I possibly can as well. Doing you know promotion and 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 uh volunteer work with common and uh goodness anything i can to to, to wave the flag is always a good thing yeah there's a list there's a big list i i know you're you're part of so all right so uh i feel like hardware is a neglected topic sometimes which is why we have you on to talk about hardware um for example some people think that tape drives are old or irrelevant and that everybody should just be using cloud. Uh, do you think that tape drives are still relevant and are they useful today? Uh, well, let, let me, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring it back a little bit. Let's, let's call it infrastructure because when we talk about hardware, it's, it, it might, you know, turn a few people off. Uh, we, uh, if we say infrastructure, it leaves it, it leaves it kind of broad. Um, I, I like that term a lot because infrastructure can mean, you know, anything from the hardware to the OS to hell, even your server room. So, um, tape drives, um, you know, tape is kind of funny. Uh, sometimes when we go and, um, I run into a lot of power five machines, if you believe that and, uh, you know, knocking on doors, basically, uh, being, being the first business partner they talk to and, you know, God knows how long, you know, 10, 15 years. And uh, they've got a little power five there and they want to upgrade. And the, a lot of them say, Hey, I, let's get rid of this tape drive. And my question is usually, well, why? And they say it's old. Well, you know, tape technology is old, but um, you know, it, it does have a place. I'm a big fan of tape, but um, you know, you can also, what, what you really want is, is backup media. Okay. So, what you use, it depends um, on your business and what you want to do. But as long as you have a piece of media that you can work from, um, that's the point. So tape is great because it's offline. I could take it away and put it in a, in a, in a tape chest, tape safe, and an LTO tape, you know, you can put one of those on the shelf and it'll last for 30, 40 years. It won't degrade. It's great. Um you can go to a virtual tape library, which is essentially, um, you know, it's disc. Now, the great thing about t uh, VTLs is that you have incredible speed. So to do any type of backup and restore operation is just great going on a VTL, especially if it's SSD. It's just magical. Watching a, um, we had a customer that had their, their backup was something like 11 hours long. And we did a VTL with SSDs. And the thing went to something like an hour, hour and a half. It was just ridiculous in terms of uh, how fast the thing was. So, but the thing is with VTLs, 
it's disc based. So it's electrical and electrical doesn't like a couple of things. <laughs> it doesn't like heat and it doesn't like water. So, you know, it's sitting in your data center. So you want to make sure if you're going to go the VTL route that you have a secondary VTL at an off, you know, an offsite location or the cloud where you can dedupe that information off and have a second copy of it somewhere. So, you know, if you go tape, great. You go VTL, um, or go cloud, just make sure that you've got, you know, secondary copies of that stuff somewhere else. Okay, so we're talking about many different methods of backup, but I guess this is kind of similar. What do you think is the most uh, misunderstood part of of hardware or, you know, storage? Is it disk-based memory? You know, one of the most common things that I'm hearing lately is that, well, people are still worried about the amount of disk space they're still using. Um, do you think is you know is that still a big deal? Um, you know, if, and if it's not disk space, is there, you know, is, is there another commodity that people are so familiar with? You know, uh, well that 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 they aren't so familiar with like end of service dates or uh, moving to power nine, just things that people should be aware of or not aware of. Uh, well, you you mentioned two things there, and and I'll, I'll I really want to get to the uh, to the end of service dates because that's very important. It's it's not misunderstood. It's it's just not understood. Not <laughs> there's no misunderstanding. <laughs> where are those EOS dates? So let's. I want to talk about that. But I rambled, I rambled a bit there. So that's okay. Yeah. Um. You want to redo it? Uh no. I, I think you. I think we. Yeah. No idea. The other one was just space, right? Yeah. Is okay. So is this? Should people still be worried about disk space, or should it become like a commodity? And maybe we'll talk about end of service dates towards the end. Uh, well, uh, from from a disk space perspective, like, yeah, if you're running iron that's 15 years old, um, you know, uh, one of the first shops I ever worked at, we had a little, we had a, we had two machines. We had a, a, a 9406-270, which was our, you know, that was the big one. And we had a little 170 that had, I think, a total of like 24 gig of, uh, of disk on it. And that machine we were spending, you know, a good... 40 minutes every day, just cleaning it up, making sure it was okay. Uh, because we were, you know, it, it, it was just stuck at this 70% and we well, can't go over 75, can't go to 80. So we'd keep cleaning up every day. It was a nightmare. Um, nowadays you can't buy a system. Your disk drives are like 283 gig minimum when you buy a system, that's one drive and you're going to get four for raid and five with a hot spare. So, you know, you buy a new system nowadays, you've got a terabyte. And if you've got, you know, hey, if your business has grown and you've scaled the business and your data is growing because your business is doing so well and, you know, you have to have all these, um, all this disk and all this disk space available to you, that's great. You don't have to worry about buying any more disk drives. If you're the smaller end of the spectrum and you have a workload that hasn't changed at all really in the last 10 years and you've moved, you know, two, three machines since then, um, you know, I don't see how this can be a, uh, an issue at all. Um, if you had, right. uh, you know, 60 gig 10 years ago and you've still got 60 or 70 gig, well, that's, wow. That's, that's like a fifth of a drive now. <laughs> okay. So just before we move on to talking about end of service dates, I feel like, um, so let's take, you know, any other hardware, I feel like disk space is almost well, it's a commodity. Like you can buy terabyte hard drives, plug them in, you know, get RAID five going pretty, right. you know, for inexpensively. Um, but I don't feel it's that way for 
power hardware. I mean, do you would you agree with that? Would you disagree with that? The power hardware is more expensive than you know going down to Staples and getting a terabyte drive. Well, that's what I mean. That's the question I have. I have to you. Is it more expensive? I mean, is storage for power a commodity like it is for you know other hardware? You know, I, you know yeah. I would think that the IBM technology and and the um, engineering that goes into these things are second to none. So you know you do get what you pay for. It's it's like we were we were talking with some customers recently, or one customer in particular that was looking to put um, a number of partitions on you know mainstream SSDs, the, and these you know those SSDs have a limited write capability. So they're they're supposed to be read intensive drives. Yeah, you can read a whole bunch on them, but they have a limited amount of writes. Um, so you get what you pay for if you're gonna you know uh, spend less money on the low end drives. Then okay, that's great. You're gonna replace those drives uh, faster than you would if you bought a you know I, I don't want to say a proper drive, but a, a decent performing high end drive um, or number of drives. This is the machine that's running your business, so I don't see why you wouldn't look at it as any type of other investment like insurance. Um, sure, you're, you're building. You pay you know, whatever insurance company. You're not going down to Bob and Jim's insurance company on Main Street. Um, chances are you're, you're forking out dollars, big dollars, because you want to be taken care of if you have a you know, serious disaster. So it's like any type of insurance. You 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 buy something that's, um, you know, it, it might seem a little bit expensive, but if you look at the power, the power, um, it's reliability. You're paying for the re- reliability, really, aren't you? Well, yeah, you're paying for the reliability, and you're paying for that, uh, um, the engineering that went into those things. So, and the support is, you know, still to this day, I would think second to none as well, um, yep. from a hardware perspective. Okay. Okay. Well, that's cleared it up. So, in my last question in the in the text that I had, uh, you said uh, just a second ago that end of surface dates are not understood, uh, or they're, or they're uh, maybe a bit misunderstood. So maybe you could just go on with that. Yeah. That. So yeah, the 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 end of service dates. Yeah, it's definitely no misunderstanding. There's there's no understanding until people are told that there's a uh, an end of service date on the machine. Uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, if, if if I cold call somebody up here in, you know, I don't know, northern Ontario somewhere and um, they haven't seen an IBM presentation, they're kind of they're kind of cut off from the technical world. The system sits there in the back, it runs, does the, you know, does the job it's supposed to do. Um, but they may not be in touch with what's going on at IBM, what's going on with new features in power, where their current hardware currently sits. Um and so when you talk to somebody and say, hey, um, you know, what do you got under the hood? You know, what do you got? What, what do you got there for a machine? And uh, you look and it's like a, uh, I don't know, a Power 720, for instance. And you say, oh, you realize this machine is going into service in September of this year, right? And they say, nope. I say, oh, okay, that's great. Well, that's good. So now at least you know where you are. So you can... You know, this is a great time to be talking about Power 9 because this is, you know, a Power 720 is, a, you know, nine-year-old machine. It's 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 getting long in the tooth. Um, and these machines will run a long time, of course. But 
it's hardware and hardware does fail. And the older the machine is, especially with the power five and power six machines that we find, um, power five, a lot of the big ones went out of support in January of this year, January 31st power sixes. Um, the real popular models of power six went out of support on March 30th. And, uh, I actually got a, a call from a guy yesterday saying, Hey, we're ready to go. I'm thinking, okay, that's great. Um, you know, let's, let's get a move on because you've been out of support since January. And, um, what's really troubling is if you're caught and we had, you know, I had another customer that had this exact same thing happen to them. Um, they weren't running IBM maintenance. Um, they had no maintenance at all. And, um, they figured they just run the box and IBM would come, you know, they'll pay them time materials. The problem with time materials is when IBM has the time, and if and when they can get the materials to you, because you might not just have a disk drive go, you might lose a backplane. And this cat had a little box that died, and the uh, the replacement parts and the service calls uh, that they had, uh, minimum four hours, mind you, at, at you know IBM's rate, it's not cheap. Um, that cost would have paid for their new machine had they been proactive. And had it done, you know, while the system was actually running, we had to pull a miracle to get them over to a cloud solution, um, you know, and they were down for what, five days. So it almost like, while they're not aware of end of service dates, it sounds like people aren't being proactive with their hardware and maybe even their software too. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I think that's from a software perspective, you know, uh, we, we did so many upgrades last year. I think people really, you know, they heard the message loud and clear on the, on the software. Um, you know, everybody was screaming about it, that 7.1's going away. And 7.1 was very, very popular. Um, but you don't hear about your little Power 6 that went away, you know, 17 days ago. And I would advise anybody just to look at the front of their machine. And if you see, um, you know, if you don't see a Power 8 logo on there, then you should really just Google your machine, uh, machine make and model, and just get into the service date for that thing. Yeah, is it that simple as well? You can just Google the machine model, and it will come up pretty much. So, yeah, uh, it, that, that's all it is. Just uh, you know, if you've got a uh, you know uh, uh, Power Seven Twenty, and it's a eighty two o two e four C. Let me make sure I got that right. Eighty two o two E4C. That's cool, though. I didn't think it would be that easy, but that's cool. E4C. Yeah, so the E4C. Yeah, I got it right. I'm not a huge hardware guy, um, but, you know, you kind of memorize some of these part numbers. Um, so if you see 82E4C on your on your machine, well, you get a Power 720 Express, and that thing is going to go into support September 30th of, of this year. So you have a finite amount of time on that machine. Now, you can go to September 30th and, um, you know, a couple of months beforehand, you can talk to IBM and get extended support on that. It's not going to be cheap, um, but you can run that hardware. I don't recommend it. Um, here, here's here's an example of why. So if you've got a 720, okay, well, 720 is nine years old. So there's a finite amount of parts that IBM has for the 720. If you've got Power 6 or Power 5 hardware that just went into support, um, the chances of IBM pulling out a 15 to 20-year-old part, it's a little harder, right? Yeah, so, very 
you might be looking on eBay if you're looking for a backplane for a little 520. That's where it gets expensive. All right. Well, I think we're running a little short on time. So, I mean, I think we might hit all questions anyway, but I want to skip to one question that I know you wanted to hit on. Uh, In the news section, we mentioned Rapid Fire Admin, which uh, you'll be doing uh, quick admin tips on the 24th. Uh, Do you mind giving a teaser, maybe a few tips from it or something? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's a couple of things that uh, are fun. I like talking about DB2 symmetric multiprocessing because that is probably the coolest feature um, on IBMI, especially if you have multiple cores on your on your IBMI partitions. So, what you have with SMP um, is the ability to get a hell of a lot more throughput through your power cores. So, if you have um, uh, three cores in your partition, and let's say you're running fifty percent of your processor all day long, and you spike at ninety during the night during your evening jobs, um, if you enable SMP, you, it's it's 5770 SS1 option 26 of the operating system. Um, right. Set up, enable it, and um, from from my experience, your processor will uh, get a heck of a lot more throughput and it'll kind of idle at a lower volume. So when I did that with a machine a few years ago, um, first time I did it, it was that, it was, it was, what, 50% during the day and, and, and jacking up to 90 overnight. Uh, after enabling SMP, it would idle at around 20% during the day and jack up to 50 overnight. So you get like a heck of a lot more throughput through your cores. I love that feature. And it's very, very cheap. Um, it came out wow. years ago, like on V3R7. But back then, if you had a multi-core machine, it was a million-dollar box. It was very expensive. Nowadays, you can't buy a box that's four cores, um, you know, that's less than four cores. You can't four core minimum. So everybody has the potential to be, uh, to be doing that sort of thing. Um, last little tip. I, I love the, um, I call it the ambiance light. It's the attention light on the front of the machine. Yeah. So the, the attention light. So, you know, if it's, if it's a system that, uh, um, or customer potential customer that I've never been in before and you go into the computer room, server room, and uh, you can see the orange glow from a little ways back. And um, you ask, hey, you know, why is your attention light on? You've got a problem. And it's like, well, it's always been on. And that's why I call it the ambiance light. Just It's it's on there by default. So it usually happens when a, when a, when a, like an IBM CE comes in and replaces a disk drive and they forget to turn off the light, go into the service action log and SST and, and, and just, you know, clear the log and turn off the light because um, that light should be the exception and not the rule. And uh, it's 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 important. It's one of those last little things. Um, the first thing you notice when you look at the actual hardware, if the attention lights on, you know you got a problem. So um, we've got 148 more of those in rapid fire admin. <laughs> when is that? When is that, Steve? Uh, April 24th at 1 p.m. And um, you know you can I can send you guys a link of that if you want to have it, but I'm sure you can find it at uh, itechsoul.com. Cool. Sure. Okay. Um, so I, <clears throat> I think we are <clears throat> slowly coming to an end, but I want, we have a couple more. Um, changing the topic a little bit, what sure. for you has been the most exciting change or big leap 
in infrastructure or hardware that you've seen in your career and why has it been the most exciting? Uh, you know, from an infrastructure perspective, I would think that, you know, the advent of SSDs and, you know, they're, they come down in price that, you know, anybody can really get those things. Um, they just make systems go super fast, uh, makes everything run faster, makes your jobs run faster, makes your backups run faster. Um, I can't say enough good things about SSDs. So, you know, in the next few years, spinning drives are going away. You will have to get SSDs and that's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. So, um, I would think that's, that was a major advent. Um, hardware management console, um, you know, it's, it's just a secondary machine that uh, lets you manage your hardware a little bit better, gives you the ability to do partitioning way easier. Uh, so if you have a, you know, a little four core power systems machine and you've got one core allocated to IBMI, well, you've got three cores that you can be using for Linux and it's not going to cost you anything. So HMC gives you the ability to, to spin up a Linux partition real, real easy. And not everybody has one. Um, I can't recommend them enough. And uh, you look at something like Watson and the ability for IBM I to talk to him. You guys know, you know, what you can do with Watson. Um, and uh, if you look at the uh, the 30th anniversary webpage with all the customer stories of what they're doing with Watson and IBM I, it's just, um, it's great. The thing about Watson, though, is it you are only capped by your imagination. So, you know, if, if you're looking at your system thinking, what can we do to facilitate this business process a little bit, make it, make it run better, make it run faster, more intelligent? How can we leverage um, what you can do with Watson in order to make this um, you know, mundane business process turn into an actual solution that saves you money? Um, that's fantastic. And those are the solutions you see on that website. All right, great. Well, uh, we're running a little tight, so I guess we'll just skip on to our closing question for all of our talks, which is, uh, what do you do for fun, hobbies, and passion outside of IBMI? Well, I do it fun. <laughs> what do I do for fun? I you don't have any, you can tell us. If you don't have any, you can tell us. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I've, I've got three kids, so they, they keep me real busy. Um, and, and I tend to do a lot of, you know, I, I do a lot of carpentry around the house. I build decks. Um, and the, uh, the, the oddest thing about me, I think is what really brings me to a special place. Like my, I hit Zen when I'm ironing clothes. I, I yeah. have most peace in the world when I'm ironing clothes. So if I'm having a really bad day, I get out the iron, and I start doing pants. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Good for you. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I know. It's in my, uh, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not right in the head. <laughs> if you ever match, Steve, I've got a bunch of clothes I need ironing. So. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to say, are you going to be a common? Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's about with I won't be a common. I'll be at power up. Will you be at power? Oh, oh I guess I'll oh, be. At, oh, oh okay. shot fired! Okay. Hey, hey, I'm on the board. I gotta. I've gotta. I've gotta educate. <laughs> Gonna make sure people are not going to common. We're going to power up. Yeah. Fair enough. Blimey. All right. Well, shots fired. <laughs> it's all good. It's all. It, ta it takes time. Like IBMI. Ah. Uh, I didn't know anyone called it that anymore. 
we're, we're, we're not going to go there. We're not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Well, it was very good to have Steve on. Um, and it was actually interesting because, I mean, I as a software guy, I, I often don't get to have the hardware conversation. And my knowledge of power hardware is not as high as I would like it to be. But this has been quite, I mean, fairly useful to me, especially the whole uh, commodity disk space conversation. It was pretty interesting to have. Um, yeah, I uh, was going to say... When I was kind of forming the questions early on with Steve before we kind of were doing a pre-discussion, and um, I had actually formed my tape drives question originally as tape drives were bad, and Steve had corrected me. So I thought it was interesting to go from that point of view um, of defending the older techniques as still being very relevant. He he Uh, makes a good point of it, so if it works, it works, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like his perspective. That's why we had him on. And uh, hopefully we'll keep on having all these exciting guests joining us. Yep. And uh, well, I, I mean, I feel like now we, we this may be a good time to mention that we eventually plan on having other topics that are more than just IBMI in the future. I'm not saying, you know, we're not going to give any definite date. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, something that we, I mean, something that I would like for us to span into. And, I, you know, me and Josh have obviously spoken about this, but um, as we, I think we're going to try and get some topics on IBM Z. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I actually have some some guests in mind for that as well, Josh. Uh, right. Um, yeah. We're also going to get some non, uh, we're going to get some software developers that are non-IBM I related or IBM Z um, related. I'm, uh, that are just not even in the IBM. Yeah ecosystem we'd like to get their perspectives um so I, we have some things in the long-term plan but i mean the idea of having these guests sort of like the non-ibm ecosystem kind of guests is to see what they do and see what the comparison is like you know from our industry to theirs and how they could work together in the future kind of thing it's kind of what I had in mind for that so that's always exciting um yeah yeah, definitely some great stuff in store for the future. Yeah. So if you want to hear about that stuff, make sure to follow us on all of our uh, social media platforms. Yeah, and with that being said, a quick plug. Yeah. Right, we, we can plug it. It's our podcast, but right? we can plug it. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with that being said, uh, I guess that um, brings it to a an end, episode five. Yeah, great. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and see you around. See ya.